got to drop that down. I apologize. Sing hallelujah. Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus is living in his church. Jesus is living in his church. Jesus is living. Jesus is living. Jesus is living in his church. Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. He's coming back to claim his own. He's coming back to claim his own. coming back to claim his own. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. To the Lord, here to not provide Church of Christ, to our visitors, thank you for selecting this church to serve God, to worship him this morning. We're glad you're here. Jesus coming back to claim his own. We are his own. We are that royal priesthood, that holy nation, set aside for God's own purpose. That's who we are, and I'm happy to, to be part of the kingdom. I want to share something with you. You know what? Jesus gave us a new life. A new life. He gave us life. That, that, that old self of that old person no longer exists. We are alive because he died for our sins. He freed us of that yoke around our necks. So, we cannot serve two masters. We can't serve two masters. It's impossible. So, so I hear people are living double lives. 
And let me, let me share something with you. You got a minute? I, 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 I'm going to need more than a minute, but let me share this with you. Let me share this with you. Uh, when my, my son was very young, he was in elementary school at Mims Elementary, my youngest son. It wasn't Bill. It was my youngest son. I went to spend the day with him. Went early that morning, uh, and uh, he didn't know I was coming. And uh, when I got in there and the teacher introduced me, I sat down, and it was silence in the classroom. Silence! The kids was looking at me, then they would look at him. And looking at me and looking at him. And uh, I'm going to cut the story short. Anyway, after school, the teacher says, I never seen your son so quiet. <laughs> so what, I, what I'm sharing with you, my brothers and my sisters, we're going to live for Christ. We're going to live for Jesus Christ. Don't live two different lifestyles. Don't, don't, don't be here one day and there another day. Let's focus on Jesus. Let's pray. Most Holy Father, Father, we thank you for all the many blessings that you bestowed upon us, Father. Thank you for this church here in North Brevard. Father, we, we thank you for your word, and especially your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we ask you to bless our church, Father. Father, we ask that you bless the teachers who are teaching our young people, Father. Give them the boldness to speak where the Bible speaks and be silent where the Bible is silent. Father, we also pray for the students. We ask you to put your arm protection around them. Father, give them the courage to say no to the world. That courage is in Jesus Christ. Just say no. Father, we uh, ask you to bless some of the ministries in our body. We ask you that you bless uh, some of the fellowships where, where groups are getting together, uh, uh, loving up on one another and sharing Christ. Father, we ask that you bless our food pantry, Father. You know, uh, because of, of, of the, the situation in our country, Father, we, we're, we're having a hard time supplying it. But Father, we know you are able because your son, he, all he needed, to, needed was two fish and five loaves of bread to feed the multitude. So Father, this is nothing. This is nothing uh, too great for you to do. Please bless that ministry. Father, bless each and every one that's in this body. Father, we pray for the preacher that's going to bring the lesson before us. Father, we pray that we take that in. Get those nuggets applied to our life and show the world that Jesus Christ is alive and he can make a difference in your life today. Father, we pray this prayer in his name. Amen. Faithful love flowing down from the thorn.
for our prayer this morning. Let's sing number 99 in his presence. In his presence. Father, we come to you thanking you for this beautiful morning that you bless us with, that we're able to come into your presence. We come, Father, asking us to leave our cares and our worries and our concerns at the door. That we be with us as we sing songs of praise, blessing your name, and helping us our hearts grow closer to you in prayer and the study of thy word. Father, we just want to come thanking you for your great love for each of us, for sending your son upon that cruel cross of Calvary, his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf, and to give his life upon that cruel cross of Calvary, so that we can become a family of yours. Father, we are mindful of many of the congregations who are sick and in need of your prayers. We're thankful, Father, to be able to see Shad out this morning as he's continually recovering from his surgery. We ask, Father, for your blessings upon Michael Neal in this upcoming biopsy and the, the apprehension that he has without getting the results of the biopsy. Just ask for calmness. We also pray, Father, for the upcoming surgery for Pat Ortiz and on his shoulder, and just pray, Father, for good success upon that and the doctors have to, to work upon his shoulder. We also pray, Father, for Bob Spillman and Tommy Massey as they're having issues, and just ask, Father, for your blessings upon them. And we also pray, Father, for Rita's grandson, Cody, this morning, the biopsy for the colon issue that he's having, and just ask, Father, for positive results as well. Father, there's others that I don't recall at this time that you know, and names are coming up to you before you this morning, 
and just asking, Father, for healing and blessings upon their lives. We also pray, Father, for those that have recently lost loved ones, and we ask, Father, for peace and comfort for them, and that we can be an encouragement for them. We also pray, Father, for those who are shut in and unable to get out and about like they once used to be able to do. I'm mindful of Nancy and Don Page and Adoree, and we just ask, Father, for your blessings upon them as well. We pray, Father, for the church, and we pray, Father, for this body here, and we just pray, Father, for the, for the direction that's going on and changes that are taking place, and ask, Father, that your hand be upon them. We also pray, pray, Father, for this great country in which we live and for the many blessings that we have in being in this great nation. And we pray, Father, for the leadership and pray, Father, for that they put you first in the decisions that they're making. We also pray, Father, for our great military that protects this great country and ask for protections upon the men and women that serve this great nation. Father, we ask now that you go with us through the reigning of the service, bring us closer to you and things that we do and say, and we ask this prayer in your son's most holy and precious name. Amen. To help us prepare our thoughts for communion, <clears throat> number 269, please. 269. <coughs> Jesus, you were all to me.
I want to do something different this morning. I've taken time to go to a site on the internet entitled Jews for Christ. In it, they explain what the Lord's Supper came about and how it came about and what each symbolizes. For instance, if you look at the, the bread, the bread is unleavened. But you see, it came because God told them they would have to leave Egypt quick. There wasn't time to mix the flour and water and, and then the leaven, because the leaven would take time. So they made it out of flour and water. Because they'd have to leave, the soldiers would follow. Once they get out of the land, they see the soldiers coming. And it was God's way of saying, don't think it's going to be easy now. Just because you left Egypt, it's, it's not going to be one of those things. It's going to be hard. There were times they thought they would run out of food. That's hard. It's time they couldn't find water. That was hard. There were times that other people came and tried to take away what they had and put them back into captivity. And that was hard. Third is the promise of how hard it would get before they got into the promised land. Because they lacked the faith, they would wonder. And it would point forward to a time when our salvation would be hard. When God wanted his people You see, as we look at the, the bread, we look at the body of Christ. He undertook the beatings, but it was hard. He did the, listen to the mockery, and that was hard. He went to Herod, and Herod's soldiers put the crown on his head and the scepter in his hand. And then they beat him. And that was hard. And then there was the scourging. His back looked like hamburger when they were done. And he endured it but it was hard. 
He carried the cross beam and then he spent time on the cross. And it was so hard he died there. He had changed the beginning of the Passover with the fourth thing that they did. We'll get there in a second. But he wanted them to understand everything he did was hard. Let's partake of the bread. Father, sometimes when we partake of the, the Lord's Supper, it's so easy. It's just habitual. Help us see the pain. Help us see the punishment that he bore for us and how hard it was. In his name, amen. The second thing they, the teaching said was there were four cups of wine. We usually think of one. But when it was established, there were four. Cup one was, I will take you out. When you are in the hard land, it will be me that takes you out. The second promise was, when I take you out, it'll be a deliverance from the bondage and the bleeding and pain you did in Egypt. Third, it was I, we will redeem you. And the fourth was, and I will take you and bring you to myself. Now that's the one Jesus changed. He said, this is my blood. Shed for you. It was the only way God could take us to himself. that in mind, would you pray with me? Father, this kind of sacrifice to bring us to yourself, the giving of Jesus and the shedding of his blood, help us to keep in mind what you have done for us. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
A quick prayer, uh, prayer for the offering. Dear Lord, we thank you for the many blessings that you give us. I ask that we can give with a giving heart and the elders uh, that they know what to do with it so that we can further expand your kingdom. In your son's name we pray. Amen. And today's scripture is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 14. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. At this time, children and their teachers may go to their classes. And before the lesson, we will sing Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. saying this is not the series I planned. Uh, this is a series that came from a, a really good discussion that we've been having on Wednesday nights 
in our Bible class about the New Testament church. And we discovered in Acts chapter 2 that one of the main, if not the main difference between the old covenant and God's people in the old covenant and the new covenant and the New Testament church, God's people, is the Holy Spirit. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets it. So uh, we're going to be discussing spiritual gifts and things like that and the nature of the Holy Spirit in class. And I, I thought that would be really good for a uh, discussion format. But I really wanted to talk about the fruits of the Spirit from uh, a sermon format. Extremely important. Those of us who are in Christ have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have God with us at all times. We are the temple of God. God has made us his most holy place. God has made us the holy of holies. And because we have the Holy Spirit in us, because God literally resides, lives in us, there are things that are bound to happen in us. You might call it fruit. So that's where we're at. Galatians chapter 5. I have to, we are going to get through a bunch today in a very quick amount of time. So I pray that you keep up. I pray that this has been organized um, in a way that makes it very easy for you to comprehend. I, I, I want to say this too real quick. My teaching style is very different than other preachers. And I'm not saying every other preacher, but then a lot of other preachers. Uh, my teaching style is not to share with you necessarily my interpretation of every single scripture. My teaching style is to share with you the word in a way that you think about it. You dive into it yourself. You determine what you believe about it and you live that out. I think that's way more important than me teaching you how to read the Bible. So sometimes because that's my teaching style, my application side of things well, it's just not that obvious because if you interpret it this way, you might want to do this. And if you interpret it this way, you might want to do this. You understand what I'm saying? Today's not that day. Today's not that day. Today, I'm going to try to be as simple and as basic when it comes to application as we can get. I'm going to tell you some things that I think you can do to help grow these fruits in your life. But we're going to take it nice and slow because each one of these, each one of these fruits is extremely deep and extremely important to your life. Not only to your life, but to your influence in this world. So if you look at it, the fruit of the Spirit is, if you know the song, you never forget them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You don't know the song? Some of you know the song. That rang a bell, didn't it? You don't forget it. Love. Love is the one we're going to talk about this morning. You come back tonight, we're going to talk about joy. Then, then, because uh, next week is the fifth Sunday, we're going to have some guest speakers, and then we'll be back on peace the next Sunday morning. But I encourage you all to come back. I encourage us to be together as much as we possibly can. I encourage you to come on Wednesday night. Our discussion is wonderful. Lots of good things are being said and shared. 
And we are talking about the future of this church specifically on Wednesday night right now. If you want to be in that discussion, you should come on Wednesday night. I want to add this verse 24 and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And I also want to, I want to point out this last, the, the part in the middle of that, where he says against such things, there are no law. If you do these things, it's going to be really hard to get in trouble because there's no law that's built to um, come after you because you have love in your life. So here we go. We're going quick. You ready? Here we go. Start the clock now. Now the sermon starts. <laughs> I see you back there shaking your head. Isn't <laughs> uh, that SMH for the young ones? Anyway, um, love is first on the list for a reason. Love is first on the list for a reason. And what you will find is that a lot of times when God makes lists, he puts something at the beginning for a reason. Okay? The beginning is where we'll end as well. When God makes lists, remember what I'm telling you right now, because it's going to become very important at the very end of this. When God makes lists and he puts something at the beginning, there is usually, there is usually a reason for that. So love is first for a reason. Now I want to take you through something real quick. First John chapter 4. We love because he first. Notice how that's first? See the play on words I'm doing? Notice what, it, what, it, what does it indicate as well? It indicates the beginning, right? If you are first in line, where are you at in line? Are you at the end of the line? No, you're at the beginning of the line. Right? We love because God first loved us. Where was his love? His love was at the beginning. You say, where at the beginning? Where was it at the beginning? Ephesians 1, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And then look what it says. Oh, you notice that, and I don't think that the verses are inspired. I don't think somebody uh, was inspired by the Holy Spirit and cut them in chapter and verse because I don't necessarily agree with everywhere they cut things. And this is one of those times where very weird cut. Don't you agree? You see that? See where verse 5 starts? After what? In love. Right at the beginning of a sentence. Wouldn't it make sense to put it right after that period? I actually love where this is cut. Because it shows exactly where the love started. Where did the love start? Before the beginning of the foundations of the world. Would you say that's before the beginning? Would you say that's at the very front? Right at the start? I think so. And then, just to be facetious a little bit here, we'll take John 3.16. For God so? When? At the beginning, before the foundation of the world. You know what else? It's also at the beginning of this verse. Imagine that. Right? So you go back to Ephesians chapter 1. You see, in love he predestined us for adoption to himself, the sons, through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. For God so loved the world. At the beginning, before the foundation of the world, God loved the world so much that he predestined us to become sons and daughters, adopted children of God. And how was he going to do this? What was predestined? John 3, 16. He was going to come. He was going to die on the cross so that we could have the hope of salvation. That's what was predestined. 
That's how we become adopted sons of God. When we accept Jesus Christ in our life, when we accept that love that he displayed for us on the cross, then we can become sons and daughters of God. So love is first on the list for a reason. Love is the bedrock and the beginning of spiritual growth. It's where transformation starts. Think about this. For all of you who are converted Christians, who have been baptized into Christ and received the gift of the Holy Spirit, had your sins washed away, for all of you who have done that, what drove you to do that? Where did you meet God? Probably in love. It was probably the love of God that drove you to surrender your life to him. It was probably a display of love on the cross that impacted you to decide to follow him. Because love is where God meets us. Love is where God starts. Love is the transformation, transforming power of God that starts in all of us. That's why love is at the beginning. It's super important. Some of you might say, man, Matt, you're just a little too lovey-dovey for me. Always hugging everybody, always talking about, let's be family. We studied 1 Corinthians not that long ago on Wednesday night, too. We had some really fun conversations about that. I sweat a couple times. This one's not so, this one, I mean, just look at what he says. You can't get around this scripture. Look at what he says. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels. In other words, if I can speak all language. If I can speak all language. Not just language here on earth, but language, the spiritual language. The language of heaven. The language of angels. But have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have a prophetic powers. If I have prophetic powers. How cool would that be? be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? And understand all mysteries and all knowledge. You think, you think that would be an amazing life? Be a pretty amazing life. And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, I'm out here moving mountains, removing them. You know what? I don't like Mount Everest anymore. That'd be pretty amazing. But not love. I'm nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, if I give away all I have for the sake of Christ, if I give away my body to be burned, if they're going to kill me over it, but I have not love, I have gained nothing. See how simple that is? So again, love is first on the list for a reason. Love is a bedrock, the beginning of spiritual growth. It's where transformation starts. If I don't have love, I have We're getting through some stuff quick now. But love is encompassing as well. It's not just if I don't have it, I have nothing. It's also encompassing. Above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You go and look at the list before this scripture, which we didn't have time for. But if you go and you look at it, it's a bunch of great things as well. It's things you want in your life. He doesn't say along with these things. He says above all of these things. You got to have love because love binds everything together and puts it in perfect harmony. 
Why is that important? Not only if you don't have it, you have nothing, but it encompasses all things that are of the nature of God and godliness. It stems from love, which is why I say godly love, agape, which is the love we're talking about in these fruit of the spirit. Godly love, agape, leads to and binds together joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You cannot have these things in a godly way if you do not have agape love in your life. You can't do it. They all stem from it. And they're all brought together because of it. Agape is important though. Remember the trick I did on you guys not that long ago? Remember that? Where we explained the difference between agape and philo and then we showed you this scripture and we all thought that that bottom one was going to be philo because it's talking about loving your neighbors. Brotherly love makes sense, but it's not. It's godly love. Because godly love is not just here. It's not just your personal relationship. Your godly love should be on display to your brothers and sisters in Christ and to the world. Not brotherly love. You ever get mad at your family? You ever decide, you know what? I need a break. Godly love doesn't take breaks. Godly love rights wrongs. Golly love is not okay until things are restored. Right? That's why he says, love the Lord with godly love and love your neighbor with godly love. So, I got four quick things. First of all, I want to say love for someone can happen in a moment. Some of you are like, no, it can't. I'm going to explain. Love for someone can happen in a moment, but deep, genuine love takes time to develop. This is the same for agape love and God, you know, for godly love. This is the same. Love can happen in a moment. Some of you say there's no such thing as love at first sight. Really? I'd say you've loved things before you even saw them. What about your child? Didn't you love your child while it was still in the womb? Every dad that's put the hand on the belly and felt the kick. Why do you love that? Your wife don't love it. She's like, Ugh. Right? But you do. You do. The second you see your child, the first moment you lay eyes on your child, is the doctor over there trying to talk you into loving your child? Like, hey, you really need to love this kid. No. Everybody remembers when their first child was born. It's the first experience they ever had where they felt this overflow of love for something they didn't even really know yet. You didn't know it. It was just yours. That's why you love it. It's yours. It's a gift from God. You love it. It's yours. The moment you laid eyes on it, you loved it. Nobody had to talk you into it. But if I asked you, if I asked you, why did you love your child on the very first day? Probably the best answer you're going to come up with is because it was mine. Now, 20 years down the road, if I ask you, why do you love your child? There's a whole lot of reasons you can name on why you love your child, right? 
Maybe even a couple of why sometimes you don't like your child. Because love can happen in a moment. And in truth be told, love does happen in a moment, even with us, with God. There was a moment before every one of us decided to get baptized, to change our lives, to repent of our sin and start living for God. That happened in a moment. But your love for God as your relationship for God has grown, has increased to a place where it's a little bit more than just this, isn't it? So, how do you grow your love? How do you grow it? Right? And I want to say this. Part of how you grow your love is not on you. Because it's a fruit of the Spirit. And God is doing a work in you. And He will bring it to completion. So part of it is not on you. Part of it God is doing. We are in partnership with him. He is dwelling inside of us and he is working on us just as much as we are working on ourselves. Probably more. But communication, right? Communication. You go to any marriage counselor, you go to any relationship counselor, you ever receive advice, normally number one, communication. And there is, communication is a two-way street, am I right? You ever communicate with somebody that doesn't listen? Makes you feel really good when you go home, doesn't it? Maybe that's at your home, that'd be tough. That was late, Melissa. <laughs> that was so late. <laughs> um... There's two sides. First one, you got to talk to. You know, Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. How much stuff does he say to, let your, to tell God? How much stuff? Everything. That's how much stuff. How much is everything? It's Everything. You know, I, when I look at this scripture, one of the people I, I can't help but think about is David. And part of the reason why I can't help but think about David is because of the way he poured himself out to God in the Psalms. A lot of those Psalms were probably prayers of David. Some of the stuff that God, David said to God, I have never said to God. But he was being honest. He was being real with God. And God wanted to hear everything he had to say. God wanted to know everything that was going on in his life. God wanted to hear from his expression where he was at at the time. And it's the same with you. And you know, I don't think God, I don't look at God as this um, awesome power, this old grandpa figure with his flowing hair, maybe he looks like Gandalf the Grey a little bit without the pointy hat. I don't, that's not how I see God. I don't see him just sitting back, looking at the world, just like, huh, this is pretty cool. I think God's actually extremely busy. I think he still works. I think he's still working all the time. I think he's working in you, he's working in me, he's working in every single person in this world because he desperately wants all of his children to come home, wouldn't you? But the most amazing part about God is that even though he's extremely busy, 
He wants to be super involved in just your life. But I think one of the things we miss with the power of prayer is God doesn't just come and beat down your door. He doesn't just come in and swat you. That's not what he does. Jesus himself said, ask, seek, and knock, right? You got to seek it yourself. You got to search it yourself. You have to come to the door and ask it to be opened. In a lot of ways we do that through prayer. So you got to talk to him. You got to talk to him about everything. You also got to listen to him. Does no good to talk to somebody if they're not listening in the same way it does no good to have a relationship with God and not listen to anything he has to say. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Acknowledge him. How do you acknowledge him? Well, you got to see him and you got to hear him. Remember that? We talked about that not that long ago. Jesus said if they would just see, if they would just hear. Remember that? You got to see him and you got to hear him. You see him. He has revealed himself through the word of God. But you got to read it. You're not going to know who God really is. The depth of God. The character of God. The example of God. If you don't read it, you have to see it. And then you have to hear it. And hearing it and acknowledging it means you have to do it. You have to live it. You got to live it out. That's how you acknowledge him. If you acknowledge him in your life, he will make your path straight. So that's number one. Number two, affirmation. You have to know it's real. Right? It's important that you know your love is real. It's important that you know the person who says they love you really means it. So there's affirmation. I thought of two things with this as well. The first one is we got to support each other. We have to support each other. Bear one another's burdens. Get with each other in the struggle. Treat each other like family. That's what we have to do. We have to support each other. But the clearest affirmation I've ever seen in the scripture, you just can't get around it. This is the clearest affirmation from God you could ever get. Romans 5, he says, while you were weak, while you were powerless, while you were unable to help yourself, while you were sinners in the darkness, away from the light. Some other places they might say far off. Far away from God. And then he goes another step further. Probably a word none of us want to really associate ourselves with. But Paul puts us all in the same category. And he says, even while you were enemies. Enemies of God. Anti-God. While you were enemies, that's when Christ died for you. See, that's affirmation. That's support. Even more than that, it's generosity. Because this scripture is saying that God, in your lowest point, in your absolute worst point in your life, when you are full of sin, that's when he died for you. That's when he died for you. You know what that is? That's generosity. Because it doesn't just stop there. He doesn't just die for you and wash away your sin. He dies for you and then brings you home and calls you family. 
Number three, desire. You have to be together. You have to be together. You ever been in a relationship where you just had to be together? I remember a time when we were young and me and Amy had to spend some time away from each other. I physically got ill. I physically got ill. I got sick because I had not seen her in so many days. We were actually on one of the best vacations of my life. And it was the last vacation with my family that we did like, like we used to do. I did not care. I wanted to go home and I wanted to see Amy. And I was sick. I had to be with her. That's desire. You have to be together. You know, desire, desire brings about faithfulness. Desire is shown in itself through faithfulness. And then verse 24 of Hebrews 10 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit for some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, a lot of people want to take this and make this church attendance, but you can come and attend church without actually ever being part of the church. You can neglect the church. You can neglect the assembly even when you're sitting here. You ever thought of that? The gospel does not say, repent, be baptized, come and sit in a pew, hear a sermon, do some communion, have a couple songs, and you're good to go. That's what a lot of people think Christianity is these days, but it's not. The church is a living, active body. And when we're not actively pursuing each other and actively pursuing the world, we are neglecting the body. I said this on Wednesday night, I'll say it again. You know, there's no gift of the Spirit that helps you sneak in and sneak out. There's no gift of the Spirit that makes you a better pew filler. There ain't no fruit of the Spirit either. So we've got to encourage one another, stir one another up, love on each other so that we're all heading in the direction of good works that we accomplish together. Then you got to seek it out. I was thinking about all the pictures of people. You, you ever seen the guys who are like holding signs, but not not like the driver that's holding a sign when you get off the plane, but like the family that's been waiting. Sometimes I think we're like that. We're waiting, but we forgot our sign and nobody knows where we are. You got to seek it out. So not only do you have to be together, but it's like showing up, finally getting to see Amy at the end of that trip. And then her being on one side of the room and me staying on the other side of the room. That did not happen. That did not happen. We left room for Jesus, but not much. We were not on opposite sides of the room. That's all I'm trying to say. You got to seek it out. Psalm 63, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I want you like I want water in the desert. I desire you like water in the desert. 
after I'm famished, after I'm growing faint because literally I need water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary. Behold your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. Is God's love for you better than your life? Well, that's a good one right there. Is God's love for you better than your life? Can you say that? For your love is better than life. Last one, cherish. When you really love something, you cherish it. Some of you have an old car you really love. You don't leave it outside to rust. Some of you maybe have trophies. I was thinking about my son Tyler in this moment and when he got his trophy, how much it meant to him. how he wanted it put up in his room, not just buried in the corner. You cherish it. When you really love something, you cherish it. When you really cherish something, you honor it. That's why you put it up. That's why you raise it up. Romans 12, let let love be genuine. See that? That genuine love that takes time. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. And then look what he says. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. How often are we in that competition? How often are we in that competition where we outdo one another in showing honor? I don't think that's a competition we actually endure very often. I think a lot of times we're looking to raise ourselves up and push other people down if that's what it takes to get up to the top ourselves. This says outdo each other, outdo each other in showing honor. And last but not least, if you cherish something, You'll put it in a place like no other. And this is exactly what God is asking for you in your life. When he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. It goes all the way back to the beginning. That first list he gave us, those ten commandments. And number one, you can't do the rest without the first. And the first one is, I'm the only one. There is no other like me. And you put no one before me. You do these things in your life, I guarantee you that your love for God will grow. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in his blood? Received the forgiveness of sins? Been given the gift of the Holy Spirit? God dwelling in you, you becoming the temple of God. And for those of us who have, let's cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. Let's think of ways we can grow it in our lives. Because as these fruits come out, as we bear these fruits in our lives, our influence will also grow. And the kingdom of God and our church body right here locally will grow with it. If there's a need to respond to the invitation, you can come as together we stand and sing. Thank you.
Thank you, Matt. The fruit of the Spirit, very important topic, the nine topics that are involved. Um, of course, love is the, the key to all of it, so it's a good place to start off. Uh, say it tonight, his topic tonight is going to be joy, one more part of the fruit of the Spirit, so come back this evening if, if you're available. Um, pick yourself up a bulletin if you have a chance, they're out there in the foyer. Um, I've been pass passing out some of the, uh, some larger print ones, um, if you want one of those, see one of me, see me, and I'll try to get one for you too. Um, start with a prayer list. Uh, I'd like to add one prayer on there. Sue Autry, she's a friend of Nora. Uh, she just got out of hospital. She's a very close friend of Nora, and Nora asked that you pray for her friend, Sue Autry. So we'll add that to it. Um, some, upcoming, some upcoming things, some things that are going on. Um, Zimbabwe, we received word that five, five people responded to the gospel and were baptized into Christ there in Sukuba, uh, and we rejoice with them. So let's pass that along. The work continues there. We know it does, but it's very good stuff. Um, the New Life Bible Study, Doug Gertis kicked that off last week. Um, it's grown since even last week, and uh, I guess it's busting at the seams in room eight. So not quite standing room only, um, but getting close, so that's a good thing. It's a, it's a good chance if you don't know much, if you're interested in the church, if you're interested in being baptized, that's a good class. So it's got to be a good class to do that. So see Doug, see William, see Shad, see those guys. Um, food pantry is tomorrow. They need help today after service, uh, bagging bread and such. So if you're available today and for a few minutes, help out with that. Um, tomorrow all day, of course, there's always opportunities to serve as you get the chance. Through the month of January, we are collecting or looking to collect 200 one-pound boxes of spaghetti and 200 jars of spaghetti sauce. We'll pass that out in February. But that kind of helps offset the costs of our food pantry as, uh, as we help our community. Next Sunday evening, there's a Spud Fellowship. It says, bring your favorite Spud toppings or a dessert to share. Potatoes, butter, sour cream, and drinks will be provided. So if you like something different on your Spud, bring that next week and be here in the evening. Um, I was told our attendance this morning is 153. That's uh, the highest it's been in a very long time. We also had 96 for Bible study. Um, one of the things Matt's... One of the things Matt said on Wednesday night is, is the church, your uh, Bible study is a, is a big, key, big key to that. One of the things he's looking at Acts 2, they're devoted, and part of that is devoted to the Word. So I'm thankful that all of you are, are there. Um, also on the front page of the bulletin is Brent Fitzgerald. Uh, we put Brent's name in front of the congregation to become an elder. Uh, we are encouraged, we love Brent, and uh, we hope the church does too. Um, Brent has been a deacon here for the last 19 years, faithfully serving. Now, him and Wanda have been married 41 years. Uh, they've been here since 1990. They, uh, they smell, like the, smell like the church. That's a good thing. They smell like the church. So anyways, Brent, uh, we've got his name for the church as uh, for him to become an elder. If you have a scriptural reason of why you don't feel that Brent is eligible, he's not qualified, we've got the scriptures are on that first page. The qualifications for becoming an elder, and they can be found in 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7, and also Titus, verses 1, 5 through 9. Um, there's some big words in there, the words that we don't normally use. Figure out what some of that stuff means, but evaluate that. Evaluate your, evaluate Brent, but also evaluate yourself. And one more thing. Um, we have, the elders have a, put together a servant survey, and we like to get to know the church a little bit better, 
what your talents are, what the fruit of the Spirit that's inside of you, ways that you can serve, serve better. Um, that's a big, that's part of our responsibility as, as elders. The book of Titus points out over and over is to find the church a place to serve. So anyways, we have surveys and we're going to try to meet you out, out in the foyer and stuff. We'd like each adult to take a survey, bring it back to us, fill it out, bring it back to us. And we're going to use these to help the church serve better. So a couple pages of different things of what are you interested in. But the first page has some questions on there too that are a little bit different that you evaluate those. Take, uh, but anyways, try to grab a survey on your way out. Again, join us this evening if you can. Um, tonight's topic is joy. And uh, it's always a good time to be here this evening. And on Wednesday night, Bible class is uh, the New Testament church. So it's, uh, it's always a good, it's a really it's a good discussion on the New Testament church. Uh, this past week we've been tearing apart, getting into the, the, qualif not the qualifications, but the, uh, some of the key words as the church started in Acts 2 and what, what they were about, why it was so successful at that time, and it continued to grow and grow and grow. So be with us with that. Um, that's about it. Share love far and wide. Uh, if you didn't know, it's not really available out in that world, in, out in the world. It's like gold and diamonds and stuff like that. Uh, it's hard to find. But you've got it. Please share it. Please stand for our closing hymn and for the prayer that will follow. <clears throat> People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, is the open door. People need. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. In spite of the fact that we are very far from perfect, you still choose each and every one of us every time. Your arm has always reached out to us in love. Father, we pray that you be with all those aforementioned that having health issues at this time or some other type of issues. Love them. Put your arms of protection around them. Heal them. Bring them back to their normal state of health. And put us as Christians in a place to take advantage of our opportunities to make a difference. Not only in this world, but to touch the lives of those who are right there beside us. Lead with love. Lead with grace. Lead with mercy. Be humble. 
all these pieces Christ did as he walked this earth. As we strive to be Christ-like, give us the strength to let our light shine as we go into this world. In the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and King. Amen.